T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Live from Cleveland at the Republican National Convention, Brian Mazarowski here on WBEN. We are bringing you all the action. Hey, really quickly, we got uh, Tim Wenger next to us. He will, you know, talk a little bit about what's going on on the floor. We're going to pick up the floor right now. And they just did a, a roll call vote. It was the, the last-ditch effort by the Stop Trump, the Never Trump people, whatever you want to call them. To kind of let their voices the be heard. The chair is pleased to appoint the following to serve as escort committee for Donald J. Trump. And there's uh, Paul Ryan speaking. They uh, they had a roll call vote, and obviously nothing really happened of it. We want to keep you updated, though, what's <laughs> happening on the floor. Tim Wenger is uh, back from the floor. It's crazy down there. Why did you it? say really quickly? Do I look like I want to leave? <laughs> <laughs> no, oh not at God. all. Uber, be you, ready. You've uh, you've been here for a while, yeah, and you've uh, been on the floor a couple but, times. But I chose to, yeah. You were on the floor, so you know. But uh, I'll tell you, when that New York thing went went over the top, man, uh, it was unbelievable. It was like a mob scene down there. It was, I mean, I, I almost got knocked over. I saw poor Teresa Weekly from Channel 4. I mean, she just about fell over. I mean, she just... People were just pushing India. Like, Three like, humongous people with yeah, backpacks I mean, I whacking the, you. It's like the you know the Bills <laughs> in a good game. Um, no, it was pretty wild down there. But yeah. I did. I found Carl, and I guess some of that got on the air. There was a lot of interference. But uh, Carl, Nick Langworthy. I mean, they're all really excited. And um, you know, regardless of where anybody listening is on their politics, um, you know, it's been a long, long journey for them. And uh, as I said to Nick Langworthy, he was one of the first party chairmen, you know, to dive in and say. I'm supporting this guy, and, you know, it's all coming true tonight. And if you're a Republican in the state of New York, you don't get many of these no. nights where you front really row. matter. And you are you said it front row. The New York delegation is front and center. They get to cast the vote that puts Donald Trump over the top. It is a really big moment for them. Yeah, and Chris Collins, you know, he was on with Tom earlier, and you, you saw him down on the floor. Um, I mean, to have Chris Collins be the second guy to second the nomination, I mean, it's it's just amazing. He was acting like it was no big deal, but it really is a big deal. I mean, a national convention to have our congressperson, you know, one of our representatives, uh, um, you know, make it official, so to speak, with uh, with Donald Trump. It's it's a pretty big day for, for Western New York. Did you get the sense when you were leaving that everyone's kind of settled down now? They're ready for the program to begin? I mean, for the delegates... This is really it for them. What's going on now? It's just yeah, kick back and relax. All, there's so much. I sat in there when you were down on the floor. Actually, I was up on the uh, upper concourse levels, um, you know, just kind of observing things. And when when Chris Collins came out, I guess. But um, you know, there's a lot of nonsense that happens in there. I mean, a lot of stuff that just doesn't mean all that much. Um, they bang a cool gavel, though. I, but they sure do. I mean, they make it look good. It is very impressive in there. Um, you know, it is democracy at, at work, but, um, you know, it's, it, there's a lot of downtime, as you 
point out. You're going to head out, so when we come back tomorrow, I get the sense you'll be back here. I'll be I hanging will, yeah. around <laughs> on the... Think uh, about coming back. I'll be hanging around on the perimeter. I, I want to uh, talk to some of the people. I've yet to see a big protest. Yeah, I saw a little That's one. My goal you and I tomorrow. talked about that. I saw a very small protest, um, you know, and I saw the, the, the media in general, you know, filming it. It was mostly television media filming it, you know, real tight angles. But if, as I posted, uh, I think that day on Facebook, you know, if you, if you widen out, I mean, there were like 20 people. Yeah, nothing really organized yet. Here's a tip for when you're on the floor tomorrow. Get behind a guy walking with a cane. He's basically like a fullback. <laughs> He's the convention floor version of a fullback. That's a good idea. Everyone clears out of the way. You just sneak behind him. Sneak Maybe behind him. I'll just stop and buy a cane. I'll be the guy That's with an the even cane. better you idea. Follow me. That's an even better idea. We can uh, <laughs> we can team up there. Tim, thanks for joining us. All right, looking forward to what you have to say for the rest of the night, and then ABC after that. Go and get some rest. Don't okay. listen to us. We'll do. I, I'd like no, to. No, uh, no, no. <laughs> I like to keep. Going. Yeah, don't go too crazy, Brian. All right, uh, Tim Wanger, just back from the floor, and now he is uh, off, and we'll be back tomorrow, of course, uh, starting, I believe, very early. You're on uh, at six. I think with John and Susan in the morning, they recap everything that happened tonight. Uh, I'm on there. Tim's on there. Uh, they're all over Cleveland. They've got it covered from every single angle. There's a, a whole lot of that uh, floor speak going on right now. Uh, there's a, a speech going on that will nominate Mike Pence for vice president, even though that, that doesn't really happen on the floor. It happens through just kind of a yay or nay vote. Uh, they're having that speech right now and as soon as the fun stuff happens we will bring it to you live here on wbem but we've been talking about melania trump last night her speech the plagiarism scandal is this a scandal or is it a an issue and an uproar something like that uh, and we're taking your calls at 803-0930 sally in north tonawanda you're on wben in the corporate world we had a few various categories of people. All right, Sally, uh, unfortunately, we're having a little bit of trouble connecting with you. If uh, you want to try and call back, that's fine, uh, but we couldn't really make out what you had to say. We'll go uh, next. We have Joe out in West Seneca. Joe, what's on your mind? Hey, uh, Brian, yeah, probably not the best thing to happen. But I think you uh, probably can't come from the, the Trump organization, but I think some of the operatives could start, start spinning it in a positive with a simple statement by saying, at what point does this matter? And, and turn it back and make people think about the, uh, the, uh, uh, the comparison between that and, and uh, Hillary's uh, comments about something else. Well, you're walking a thin line if you take that stance because you can argue and you'd have a somewhat you'd have a legitimate argument if you said compared to everything else that's going on in the world what does it matter what does melania trump's speech on a monday evening uh some of it was taken from somewhere else uh, what does it really matter in the grand scheme of things because the answer is probably nothing will it affect anybody's day-to-day -day life no will it affect what goes on here in the convention uh, maybe a little bit but it will be virtually unnoticeable. However, plagiarism is a big deal. I think if you're a Donald Trump supporter, the last thing you want to see is Mrs. Trump 
taking words uh, from uh, Michelle Obama. There. That's the last person you'd want. If you're going to plagiarize off somebody, the last person you want to plagiarize off of is the person you are going to berate for the next four days. So it's an issue there. And it's also an issue of whoever's writing this speech. As far as I know, I haven't seen anything different, but as far as I know, the Trump campaign is still saying that it was Melania's speech, that she wrote the most of it. Now, I don't believe that. It, it was a speechwriter, but whoever is has wrote that speech and is in uh, the Trump campaign, you got to be a better thinker that, that somebody would do something that you're told not to do from the second grade on and lift two paragraphs of a speech and think no one would notice. If your third grade teacher can run it through a computer program and notice, somebody on the internet's going to find out. You know, no, I, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. But at, at the same time, it's like, okay, it's opportunity. That kind of statement says, okay, time to move on. Let's move on. No, you know, there's, it, it wasn't the best thing to, to happen. Who knows, you know, is somebody going to fall? Yeah, probably she had somebody helping her out. Um, but in the overall scheme, move on. And just with a simple statement, at what point does it matter? Well, I'll tell you one thing, Joe, if that is, and thanks for the call, by the way, if that is your line of thinking here, then you're probably in luck because eventually everything blows over. This will blow over. By the end of the convention, my guess is very, very few people We'll be talking about this, except for the conspiracy theorists that are out there who think that somebody in the campaign is working against Donald Trump and purposefully plagiarized them and uh, made it known that this speech was actually Michelle Obama's speech. Except for those people, I think this will blow over. But for now, it's what people are talking about. And if you're surprised that people are talking about a speech, about a few lines in a speech, then why are you even paying attention to the convention? That's all the convention is, is a bunch of speeches and uh, what you can take from them. And what we took from Monday's keynote speech was <laughs> a good portion of it was lifted from Michelle Obama, not what you want at the Republican National Convention. Kathy in Buffalo, you're on WBEN. Hi, Brian. Um, I have uh, a different take on that. this. I watched the uh, whole speech on Fox News. And immediately when she was finished talking, I switched to CNN to see what their take is. I always like listening to CNN's take on anything. But anyway, a few minutes into the CNN program, I believe it was Chris, uh, Chris Matthews, but it was, I'm not sure. They already had started mentioning it, that those were Obama's words. And I listened for a few minutes what they were talking about, and I switched back again to Fox News. And I watched that for 15, 20 minutes, and nobody on that station mentioned it. So my, my question is, is, how did CNN News get that information so fast? What, what are you suggesting? Well, here's my theory. Maybe somebody in the Trump campaign faxed it or whatever they do with this electronic stuff, faxed some information over to CNN. 
that could, I, I would think that would be more from the Obama campaign that would come from. And Kathy, uh, before we let you go, we thank you for the call. Uh, I'm not, we'll have Michael Caputo in here in uh, just a little bit. And we'll talk with him about that conspiracy theory that maybe it was somehow a, a plant inside that whoever was writing this speech did that on purpose. I'm not quick to believe any conspiracy theories unless it's uh, the Montreal screw job was actually a work. Uh, I'll believe that for a quick second. But as far as this goes, I'm not buying it. And we'll have Michael Caputo. He has a more of an insider's view into the Trump campaign. So he would know a little bit better than I would about what exactly uh, would have to happen for that to happen, the conspiracy theory. As far as uh, some of the other points you're, you mentioned there and when the news networks were made aware of the speech, when I was walking out, the, whole, the only thing anybody ever said about the speech was that I can't believe what a great job she did. She sounded terrific. And a lot of people were, I hate to say it, but they were pleasantly surprised. Not that they were expecting the worst, but that they were pleasantly surprised at how well-crafted her remarks were and how well she came off. That turned, it wasn't for about an hour after when I started seeing on Twitter and started seeing on some of the networks about the striking similarities. And if you did see it on a network quick, and I might not have been tuned in right now. They don't have a network up in the media room here. It's all, um, it's just a, uh, basically a feed of the podium. It, there's no anchors. It's, you're just seeing the podium. You're seeing what's going on. What they could have been doing is comparing her speech, and they might have had Michelle Obama's speech ready because, listen, they've got 24 hours to fill. They might have wanted to do at first a side-by-side -side of Michelle Obama and comparing her to Melania Trump because that seems like something they would do on cable news. So maybe they had it ready and somebody said, wait a second, I just listened to that three seconds ago. It's the exact same thing. So that's possible, too, if you're wondering why uh, some of these uh, news networks were able to pick up on it so fast. Ivan in Lakeview, you are on WBEN. Thank you for taking my call, Brian. Um, I just want to touch briefly on the plagiarism thing. Um, we saw, and it's been posted on social media as well, as well known that Joe Biden plagiarized a speech from a British politician way back when. And it was embarrassing for a while, but it, as, as you folks would say, it doesn't have legs. So when all the other news with the convention is over, I think the Republicans are just going to say, it's a new day, and let's embrace the power of positivity. So I don't think it's going to be a major issue. It's a new day. Yes, it is. This will all blow over. I think I said that before, that by the end of the convention, nobody's really going to be uh, speaking about this. If you don't mind me asking, what venue was that Joe Biden speech uh, gave on? Uh, where did he give that speech? Was it at a convention, or was it at uh, some college out in uh, wherever? Um, I don't know. I'm just going to take a guess and say it was at the Mid-South Arena in Tennessee. But I'm just, that's just a guess on my part. Something like that, the Sportatorium or somewhere. Well, uh, yes. I I'm guessing it wasn't on as big of a stage, so maybe that's why it wasn't blown up there. Also, we didn't have Twitter as much as we do back then. So you know when you make a slip-up, everyone's going to tweet about it right away. Are you a conspiracy theory guy? What do you think about the Trump conspiracy theory 
And uh, what do you think about the Montreal Screwjob conspiracy theory? Oh, the Montreal Screwjob, I think that's another subject for another time, Brian Mazeroski. Um As far as conspiracy theories, I, my whole life, I think, is conspiracy theory. And I think if you're in the news business, you have to be a conspiracy theorist. Otherwise, you'd have nothing to talk about. But that's me commenting on the news business, and I have no role in doing that. What I want to <laughs> talk about, Brian, though, is kind of a historical perspective. Go back in time and just kind of put things in their place. This time last year, if someone had told you that the Democrats were going to draft Hillary Clinton, would you consider that a reach? No, I would have considered that uh, the, the obvious, right? That's the one everyone was expecting. Right. It, 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 I don't, can you be overrated and a reach at the same time? That's, I, I think that's the question you're asking. I think I, you know, would know better than I what I'm asking, but, yeah, that essentially is it, yes. Can you be overrated and a reach at the same time? Are, are the Democrats reaching if Hillary Clinton was overrated? I don't know. That's a good question. And we'll have to yeah, I'm just, spend I'm some... Out there. I'm, not, I'm not really trying to answer it. Well, at the same time, for the Republican, if someone had said this time last year that Donald Trump would be the nominee, would you have said that is a reach? That's another good question. Would it be a reach or would it be a, a coup? Would it be a steal because it's somebody nobody expected? You, I don't think you'd call Ted Cruz a reach or John Kasich a reach. No, 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 you would call, excuse me, you would call Ted Cruz a reach or John Kasich a reach. That's a question we'll have to ponder over the break. Ivan in Lakeview, thank you so much for your call, as always. We are here live from the Republican National Convention in Cleveland on Media Row. We'll be heading to the floor and to the podium once the big speakers uh, take to the podium, and we're taking your calls the speech last night. What do you think about the controversy? Is it warranted? Are people making too much out of it? 803-0930. 803-0930 is the number. If you're on hold, we will get to you after the news. Brian Mazarowski here on WBEN. We're back here going crazy at the Republican National Convention. Brian Mazarowski here live on WBEN 803-0930 if you want to get your thoughts in. Dana White just took the podium. Listen, we're still holding out hope. I was told it's a long shot, but perhaps, just perhaps, Dana White will make his way down on Media Row. The request has been in multiple times, and uh, we will bring you his remarks a little bit later on the show. For right now, we're talking about Melania Trump, her speech last night, and the plagiarism scandal that's kind of uh, developed around it. Michael Caputo will be joining us uh, momentarily, but for right now, uh, I can't see this person's name, but you've been waiting on hold for quite some time, and uh, I wanted to get you on blank name. You're on WBEN. If you heard a clip, that's you. Hello there. Hello. Who am I speaking with? Tom Grand Island. Tom in Grand Island. How's it going? You're on WBEN. Good. I'm glad Michael's coming on soon because this is a bombshell I was thinking about. Uh, question number one, Brian. Is it possible that Bill Hillary and their operatives were planning on putting a, a mole into the system that could actually do this to embarrass 
the the Trumps? I think it's hilarious that that is something that's being talked about as much as it is. Um, yeah. I, I also think that's a question that is better suited for the man who's going to join me. If you ask me, I say no. I say uh, things are usually what they appear to be. This appears to be plagiarism, and your answer is as simple as that. Could it go deeper? I mean, sure. Do I think it's a conspiracy against Trump from Hillary Clinton with a a plant? Uh, I don't think so. All right. Question number two. Is it possible, number one, that uh, this person that uh, let's say the uh, first lady did this all by herself or was it a critiqued or checked by a professional writer well that one uh, i think we can answer tom thanks for the call uh michael caputo joins us right now and if you heard the tail end of the question and i i want to talk conspiracy with you michael oh good great <laughs> great <laughs> but the, the question was Uh, Was that speech prepared? Because the last thing I saw is that the campaign is still saying that it was mostly Melania Trump preparing that speech. They don't mention a speechwriter, but it was written by a speechwriter. Well, there's no question. Think about this. First of all, Melania Trump is smart enough to write a speech in five languages, right? But since English is probably her third or fourth language, these speeches are hard to write. I, I do it for a living. Um, she undoubtedly had a first draft written for her by a speechwriter. By the way, first thing I thought of after seeing that speech, who wrote that thing? Because it was a really good speech, and she delivered it very well, and I'm so sad for her, for her especially. That was everybody coming out of last night, by the way. That was everybody's, uh, and I never want to say the the phrase that they were pleasantly surprised, because that sounds like people were going in, expecting the worst. I don't think people were expecting the worst. They just didn't know what to expect. But they came out of it pretty impressed, and that was flipped just half an hour later. It was. In fact, I was waiting in the wings to go on uh, Hardball, which is not an easy show to do. I mean, Chris Matthews is a tough guy. They play Hardball yeah, on that they show. Do. And uh, right before I went on, they announced that uh, that there would have been some uh, uh, potential plagiarism in the speech, and I had to quickly play catch-up ball. I tried to get a hold of my friends on the Trump campaign to find out what their position was. Nobody was answering their phones. Boom, I'm on live national television, and I just winged it, you know. But here, here's the thing. Here's how a speech is written in politics, especially when some, somebody who doesn't, it's not their first language. Uh, you pick a speechwriter, hopefully somebody who's very good. They go and they sit down with the principal, and they interview them for an hour maybe two, about what they want to say and how they want to say it and the tenor and mood of the speech and the kinds of phrases that you would like to say. Is there something that you've had in the back of your mind that you've always wanted to tell 53 million people, right? And so uh, that interview, uh, the, the speechwriter takes that interview and goes back and sits for usually about a week, sometimes 10 days, and writes a first draft. And that first draft will go back to the owner of the speech and they will edit basically their own thoughts because they've been transcribed by someone who is artful in the in the speech writing business and so uh the 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 the, the delivery person will then edit the speech and it'll go back to the speechwriter and they'll finesse it a little bit more right and that's when when melania says yeah i, I wrote this speech and and uh, with as little help as possible is what she said that's what she means that's a process that every politician every ceo knows and let me tell you something. When a CEO, because I write speeches for a living in my PR firm, 
when a CEO calls me and says, I want to give a speech at a, 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 a shareholder meeting to propose a merger with a competitor. I say, okay, I'll, I'll write that. I'm going to go look at all the speeches by CEOs about merging with a competitor. Every <laughs> single one, because I want to see what worked and what didn't work. And if I see a paragraph that looks, boy, this is a sentiment I want to make our own. I'll grab it. I'll copy and paste it onto a document. And I'm just very careful at the end of it to make sure none of it resembles where it came from. It has to be put into Melania's words. It has to be put into Melania's cadence. It has to be, you know, use phrases that would naturally come from her mouth as someone who speaks, you know, five languages and English is not the first one. A lot of things you need to do. And by the end of that process, you don't recognize any of this quote-unquote plagiarism. What I'm guessing, and I don't know, what I'm guessing is the speechwriter went through that process and because they were rushed or something like that, they missed this. Because I'll bet you, they, if I wrote that speech, I would have read every first lady's speech or, or, or uh, 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 presidential candidate's wife's speech at every convention for the last 20 years. I would have read all of them and picked out the ones that were very successful and used some of the cadence that was there. And don't forget, uh, uh, Michelle Obama's 08 speech was was applauded internationally. One of the callers said, how did they pick up on that so quickly? How did the networks pick up on this so quickly? I said, because they probably had it right there. They had somebody or maybe two people upload that speech to use it to compare to the speech they were about to hear that night. Honestly, I'll tell you what. You take that speech, and I think it was, you know, I'm guessing uh, 5,000 words, maybe maybe 7,000 words, you take every single of those words and you put them into Google, the entire speech, and it'll come back and show you what it's copying. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not that difficult. It isn't difficult. In fact, there are, there are sophisticated software out there that will search every speech ever They've written. they pinged uh, some of my eighth grade papers. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, there's actually some software that speechwriters now, you know, it's pretty expensive, that will help you make sure. And in fact, here's the problem. Here's the problem. This is a mistake. It's not, I mean, I, I, I made, you know, I was on the radio today or on TV today, and I said, you know, I'm not sure it's plagiarism. I don't know the, the meaning of the word plagiarism. I'm not Webster, but I believe plagiarism requires some kind of intent. And I know there was no intent here to rip off uh, uh, Barack Obama's, uh, fir the first lady's uh, words. I know that for a fact. But it's such a shame. Because Melania, Melania Trump did an incredible job on that speech. Incredible. I was, uh, to me, I, I watched uh, Giuliani's speech. You see, you see that? We, uh, I will say Can we get, get to that in yeah. one second? Because you touched on something there. I'm a, I want to throw this away as quickly as possible because I'm a guy who takes things generally at face value. I think that things are generally what they appear. You have a lot of conspiracy theory right. people out there who say, no, this was a plant. This was somebody uh, at the RNC. This was somebody in Hillary's campaign who knew this and put it in there to make uh, Melania look bad, to make Donald Trump look bad. I think it's ludicrous as somebody who has a, a more fine understanding of what goes on. Am I on the right track? It's totally possible. <laughs> You're killing me. Totally possible. I, I'm, I'm not going to drop names. I'm going to drop this one. Um, I just had lunch with John Ratzenberger. Remember him? Cliff Clavin mm -hmm. from Cheers. Is he here? He's here. 
He's where? A, he's where? A, you want? I'll get him to come by and sit with you. I absolutely. He's, want he'll Cliff. come by. He'll come by tomorrow. Cliff Clavin is awesome, and uh, I've I've worked with him in the past. He's he's a, he's an incredible advocate for uh, for for uh, uh, trade and technical schools. Mm-hmm. Trying to get more. You know, none of us. He's done some uh, web series and TV shows and incredible stuff. I mean, he's close with Mark Andall from. Uh, uh, Made in America store out in Elma. Okay. Uh, Mark Andall told me that uh, he wanted to hire a, a, a welder. He had to fly them in from all over the country to interview, and they were all looking for the package. And most of them would walk away because they wanted to be near the beach. You know, uh, 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 Ratzenberger was in the airport on the way here, and he met a guy who was flying down to Argentina to hire 20 welders. He can't find them. And they make 80 grand a year. Now, somehow or another, we got away from training people to do that. But anyway, Ratzenberger was sitting there talking to me. He's a friend of a friend of mine, and, and we were all having lunch together. And uh, he says, I'll tell you what happened here. Somebody on the campaign sold themselves out to Hillary Clinton for a million bucks or whatever and just did this. It's called a triple bank shot in the dirty tricks business. I'm an aficionado. What you do is you make something that's, you know, two or three different tricks involved, and then you, you point to a reporter and you give them the thread to pull it out, and everything falls apart. He thinks, th- th- similarly, that somebody set up Melania. That's what he thinks. And John Ratzenberger is not a nut job. He's a very straight shooter, very smart guy, incredibly funny, by the way, but he really believes that. And I think that there's a lot of people out there that think that. But let me tell you something. Here's the thing. What's more likely? Number one, Ratzenberger told me this. The Clintons will do anything to win. They spent hundreds of millions of dollars just to get here. Just to get here. Would they spend a million dollars to, to buy out a speechwriter at, at Trump Tower? Heck, yes, they would, right? But what's more likely? How does this happen on a campaign? First of all, you don't have enough time. You're in a rush. And second of all, you don't have enough people to help you write the speech. So, th- by the way, this happened to me on the, on the Paladino campaign, if you remember. He read a speech that mm-hmm. had a line in it that was anti-LGBT, and uh, we didn't find it because we didn't have enough people to, to proofread it, and we didn't have people to write it, and we didn't have time, right? And it, it, did, a real, it did, did, did real damage to Carl's campaign, and that's on me, right? I didn't write it, I didn't, you know, but I also allowed it to happen. But here's, here's the thing. The campaign's got to be out of time and not enough people, or... It's got to be Hillary Clinton and her team paying a million dollars to somebody to, to double-cross uh, double Melania Trump. Which one's more likely? Let me tell you something. Can you think of a campaign for president where they don't have enough people and they always seem to be scrambling? I, you know what? I, I don't have my schedule for tomorrow, <laughs> so uh, I, I, I'm not sure. The Trump campaign is infamous for this, and they're, they're recovering from it. Donald Trump has put Paul Manafort in charge of everything, and they're getting there. They're hiring more people. They're doing less uh, 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 you know, work on the fly. They're putting a lot more thought into things. I think every one of our listeners in WBEN land has recognized at least a certain amount of improvement on the Trump campaign. But I think it's just... Is a more realistic thing, if they are short on people, they're short on time and money, is a more realistic thing that they grab somebody, say, hey, we need this done, that somebody happens to be a, if you are going by the conspiracy theory line of thinking, that somebody happens to be a, a never Trump person, a, a dump Trump person and says, or someone uh, yeah, viable. I'll, 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 uh, I'll screw him over on this yeah, for I'll no money. There's a lot of people that do just about anything for a million bucks. I mean, a million dollars means nothing to Hillary Clinton. Hillary, that's two speeches. Mm-hmm. That's nothing. 
I uh, we have to take a break. I'm hoping you can stick, around, stick around for I'll a few around. more minutes. And sure. I, I want to talk about we'll, we'll touch on Giuliani's speech because before that all happened last night, that was what everybody was talking about was Rudy Giuliani and how animated he was. And the speech of a lifetime. How everybody says that might have been as best as he's looked giving a speech ever. And also just we've been talking a lot about speech writing. I find it amazing that we're talking so openly about something that for so long was taboo, maybe, or just yeah. wasn't talked about at all. So we'll hit that with Michael Caputo. I'm Brian Mazarowski. 803-0930, if you have a thought on the speech last night or anything going on on the floor today, we're live at the Republican National Convention in Cleveland on WBEN. WBEN live from the Republican National Convention. Brian Mazarowski here in Media Row, joined by Michael Caputo. And we're talking all about last night, all about Melania Trump, the speech she gave, the plagiarism that was inside it, a couple paragraphs that were identical, or nearly identical, to a speech Michelle. Not identical. Not identical, but well, there was too, far too much similarity. I heard some statistician who probably is voting for Hillary said that the chances are one in like three trillion that this was accidental. What would you use? Similar phrasing? I've seen so many variations of what people have said. It's plagiarism. It's similar phrasing. It's strikingly similar. How would you characterize it? Um, I believe I, I looked up in Webster's what plagiarism means since I said that on, uh, on the radio, I think, this morning. And I understand that plagiarism does not require... Uh, you know, harm like uh, malicious intent. Right. It just means you appropriate somebody's words and use them as your own. Very basic. To, uh, so, technically, this is plagiarism. However, we in politics and uh, all of us in America have gotten used to that word as something really dastardly. And when you accuse Barack Obama, for example, of plagiarizing three of his speeches in his eight years as president, it sounds like you're you're being very negative about him. When you accuse uh, 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 Michelle Obama of plagiarizing, um, I believe, Sololinsky in the same speech that, where they plucked that paragraph out of in the 2008 uh, Democrat convention, it sounds mean, you know? The fact is, what, 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 what uh, Michelle Obama was doing in that 08 speech when she plagiarized Sololinsky, she was quoting her husband, who was plagiarizing uh, uh, Saul Alinsky. When uh, there was a great speech, when I think somebody in 08, I think it was Hillary saying Barack Obama is just a bunch of words and gas, and he he gave this speech that, that, that mimicked the cadence and actually took words from another politician. He wasn't plagiarizing. He was, even though he's they, accused they, by uh, They had the same speechwriter. If I remember, if we're talk, if we're thinking of the same instance, it was the same speechwriter, right? I believe right? you're right. And that concept of a speechwriter and I think we're about to be played out any second now because uh, we go so long. But the concept of a speechwriter is amazing to me that we're so open to accepting that all these people 
have somebody writing their Everyone. speeches. Everyone. If you did not have a speechwriter as a politician, you would do nothing but write speeches because they take a good speech takes a week or ten days. To, sometimes the State of the you Union You don't have speech, that time. State of the Union speech takes two and three months. Yeah. You don't have – and you have three or four people working on it full time. A politician must have a speechwriter. We didn't know who speechwriters were. They didn't even give speechwriters business cards. Because they didn't, nobody wanted people to know that they weren't writing their speeches until around the Kennedy era. Ted Sorensen was his speechwriter. Richard Nixon, Pat Buchanan was a speechwriter. You know, Ronald Reagan had several different. Every single one, they have, they have their speechwriters are famous for being poets with words. And the, the thing about last night is that speech was crafted so well. And if they just hadn't made that mistake and not made those words, Melania's, we would still be talking about what a great speech she gave. All right. Michael Caputo here on WBEN. I'm Brian Mazarowski. We're live from the Republican National Convention in Cleveland. 803-0930, and we'll take you uh, to the floor a couple times here as well. WBEN. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 